Hi friends, and welcome to the Kindle Mariah podcast. I am a multi-passionate entrepreneur, ministry leader, military spouse, and newly adoptive mama. Here on the podcast, I hope to encourage, empower, and equip you to unapologetically step into your purpose. So let's get to it. Hey friends, and welcome back to the podcast. Today I am so excited to have my number one person in the whole world I'm with me today, and we're going to be talking about the one thing we both get probably the most questions about, personally, and on social media, everywhere else, and that's our adoption process. So today we're going to start at the very, very, very beginning of it, and this will be multi-parts, but Today, I particularly wanted to have Justin on with me because I think so much of the beginning part of the process of adoption is relational and figuring things out. And I think our story is a little bit different for um, many people's in the fact that it wasn't a last resort idea or effort for us to create a family. So that's what we're going to talk about. So, Jay, you want to say hey? Hey, friends. <laughs> I had to get on him so that he didn't say it like I said. So, Jade, you just need to get it out of your system <laughs> no, and say it. <laughs> he mocks me all the time. And every time I get on Bible study, he has to say, Hey, friends. So, I had to stop re-record this twice because he wanted to say, Hey, friends, in his countryest accent. So, he hasn't blessed y'all with that today. But I can assure you he'll bring it back some other time. But, in true fashion, we'll start with the most simple of questions, Justin. Did we always want to adopt? Um, no, we didn't necessarily always want to adopt, but it was we were open to the idea from the beginning. Um, I think you always wanted to adopt, always wanted to adopt, but um, like I was, I was never opposed to it, or um, I just, I guess, I'd never really put a lot of thought into it until we started our marriage counseling that's where the first time it got brought up yeah and which it, people don't really even believe because we dated for five ever before we got married that we didn't talk about kids you know or the adoption thing hadn't come up because those that know me personally like my parents and friends they always knew that I wanted to adopt um and this is post the season of my life when I told people I didn't want kids at all that I decided I wanted to adopt but um, it came up in our marriage counseling, which we are huge advocates for. I think we've talked about it before, how we think everyone should go to marriage counseling. But we were in, I guess, several weeks into the counseling, and it was the week on having kids and starting a family. And we had had workbook, I think, like worksheets to do before we went into the counseling session about what your ideals were for starting a family, what mine were, how many kids you wanted. Um, and it kind of, in a way, felt like, what's the game where you like have to write down your answer and you have to see if your partner has the same answer? Is it the match game? Yeah, I think it's the match game, yeah. like couples. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Um, and I remember we did, we had agreed, we both had wrote down that two sounded like a good number. Mm -hmm. um, we liked the idea of man-to-man -man defense and not being outnumbered. But I had wrote down that I wanted to adopt, and I felt, I just had always felt like I was supposed to adopt and if if you weren't okay with that it was not going to be good um and so I, I think I was the one expecting maybe some pushback from it do you remember what you said to me though no I 
in my defense, I can't remember my own birthday hardly, but no, I don't remember. Which I wish you was not true, but it is 100% true because you've had two family members call you today to remind you that it's your grandfather's birthday. Um, But um, when I said that, I was very anxious. I'm sure my chest was broke out and red. And I can just remember Faith kind of sitting there being looking at us kind of like, okay, Justin, we're like, what's your rebuttal to the statement of Kendall saying, if you're not okay with adoption, this is not going to be okay, you know, kind of thing. And because I said that that's what God had always made me feel like I needed to do. And your simple response and true Justin form was, well, if that's what God told you to do, who am I the way, who am I to get in the way of God? And it was the most simple statement. And it was just like, oh, well, okay. And I just don't know if you just didn't think too much about it or you're just like, okay, sure. And you just move on. Like, but Faith just kind of sat there like, all right, well, that's it. And we just rolled on to the next question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what, you, what more you expected. To like, but you, but wouldn't you argue that some people, especially back home and yes. in some areas, that they're not that they're against adoption, but they're just very staunch on having their own blood. Their bloodline yeah. and their, their name carried on. And, yeah, it, it, back home and a lot of different areas, it's a big deal. And to a lot of, I guess... Men, um, it's a bigger deal, but to me, it's neither like here nor I, there. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, well, I think you and I are both have been blessed in our families in different ways to see that we have people we call family, like aunt or uncle or um, cousin, you know, brother, sister, that are not blood at all. You know, that we just have people that are very close in our lives that are people that we. I mean, think about the people we've had in our Christmas cards before that aren't blood, you know. And so I I don't think that it's ever been contingent for us. And yeah. I think that's not how you were raised by your mom. You know, like yeah. it was so just, I don't know, like uh, it yeah, was I mean, a knee-jerk reaction for you to be upset about it. We've always had, you know, I guess family that's not blood, like you said. Um, me in college with um, my roommate who has been in Christmas cards yeah. with us uh, for multiple years who um, uh, w- would rather come visit us while he's, you know, in America for a year than go travel. Yeah, and what how serendipitous and just cool of God to, like, hit, like, he was there with us when we got the phone call that, like, Zadie was on the way to be born, you know, that he was in town. Yeah. I just uh, thought that was super cool. Yeah, and then we also had, you know, Brian. Yeah, Brian, yep. Yeah. Who's Zadie's uncle, but not blood at all. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, it just was never, I guess, an obligation in order us to feel like for us to have a family that the family had to come from us, mm-hmm. which I'm, I'm very grateful for. I think that was a gift God gave us, that kind of peace of mind. So, um, to the answer to the question, have we always wanted to adopt? My answer is yes. Justin was, I hadn't really thought about it, but yeah. not... Not opposed, not to, opposed it. to it. Yeah. <laughs> but the ironic thing was, is two weeks later is when they found my large cyst and I had to have the emergency surgery. And so in God's timing, he kind of set us up to have this conversation that would say, you know, oh yeah, we're open to adoption. You know, that would be something we want to plan on doing maybe to, oh my goodness, adoption may be our only option. You know, and I think for me, it gave me a peace of mind because, I mean, you remember the horror story I had in the hospital with the nurse being ugly. Um, To me, 
I mean, I think there's a lot of women that would have been scared to tell their fiance or, you know, their boyfriend, like, I might not be able to carry your children. Like, I may not, like, that might not be a thing. Um, but literally, thank God, we had just had that conversation because of all the mental things that I was having to process anyways, I think that would have been really hard yeah. for me. Um, and so I'm super grateful for that. And so at least in that capacity in my mind, I had a peace. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I, I would, I never really, like, I was okay with adopting, not having kids, having kids, like blood, like blood kids. Yeah. I, I did air quotes, you can't say it, but I did air blood kids, <laughs> like biological kids, I think is the better term. Yeah. But like, I, I was okay anyway. Yeah. Well, and I, I think too, in our story, the closeness that we have with Darren, my nephew, mm-hmm. just proved to us 14 years ago when we were teenagers that the kid didn't have to be ours for us to love them as if they were, you know, and I told you that during the, you know, the, during the adoption process yeah. that I couldn't imagine loving a child more than I loved Aaron, you know, just because of how close we are and the relationship that we have. Once again, I think God paved the way for us maybe in a way to show that our hearts were open to it and that it would be part of our plan. So, I mean, we just genuinely feel like if you can't tell that God has clearly worked this out for us. But move on to the next question. Why did we decide to start the process when we did? It was um, a bit random. Yeah, I think I just said that's what our daughter's going to look like. Yeah, we were... Kind of jokingly. Yeah, we were sitting, and I remember that the little girl, or the family, was sitting right behind us. And I was eating my tortilla soup, and you just kept looking over there, and this family had a couple children with them, you know, and we were sitting outside and so they were able to wander around the table. And I said, what do you keep looking at? And he said, I think that's what our little girl's going to look like. And I looked at him like, do you know something that I don't know? Because we had just gotten back from vacation a couple weeks earlier. Um, and we really hadn't been doing anything to quote unquote, be actively trying. Now we've never done anything to not try, um, in having a baby, but for us with our stats, we'd have to like, not only be trying to having a six month prayer meeting and all kinds of stuff in order to make sure it's going to happen. And so it was just random. And I said, and I turned around and I saw the little girl and sure enough, there was a little girl, maybe three or four, um, beautiful dark skin with Afro puffs in her hair. And I was like, um, I hate to tell you, but you know, unless we're going to adopt, we're not going to have a baby that looks like that. And I had just received a check, um, like a week earlier, not to make us millionaires or anything like that, but it was just enough that would have either paid off my student loans or we were going to use it to put in our savings for whenever we decided to start the adoption process. And, um, we had been praying about that. And so the next thing you said was, I think we should use the money to start the process. Do you remember that? Yeah, I don't think it was quite that um, formal. I was like, hey, why don't we use that money to well, start Well, because you're never that formal. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the whole conversation of, um, are you okay with the adoption? Yeah, um, because if that's what God says, that's fine. Like, yeah. you're, you're totally. But I... I think for me, you were ready to even jump into it a little bit more than I was just because you're like, oh yeah, we'll start. It takes time. We'll figure it out. 
And then my brain immediately goes into there's 987 steps. And at that time, I was in the middle of my busiest work season ever. And you were gearing up knowing that you were going to leave in four or five months. And I was just like, this doesn't, like, okay, but why? Um, and so it was literally pretty much that simple. And on the way home from that restaurant was down in Nashville. So we had like an hour drive. And I Googled adoption processes and adoption agencies and did a couple online free applications and set up a couple calls. Um, and that's kind of how the ball got started rolling. One other question people ask in that is why did we choose um, adoption privately instead of the foster care system? And we'd had that conversation before. And the easiest answer is because of your job. Yeah. Um, the longer answer is because of Justin's job, we literally could not make 12 weeks of classes every Tuesday night. Justin has not had a schedule that could put him in a position for 12 weeks in a row to do anything since you joined the army. I mean, yeah. there's, there was just no way. Um, it's definitely something still on the table for down the road, but yeah, not while of, you're in the army. There is a lot of predictability in the army and there's also a lot of unpredictability in the army and, and we just couldn't, one, we couldn't ensure that I'd be in the same, we'd be in the same state by the time we finished the process. Whatever. Yeah. By the time we finished the foster care process and what we found out through this process is that, you know, foster care and adoption is very different state to state. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we had finished the, the foster care process here in Tennessee, um, then if we moved to, you know, another state or another country, we would have had to restart the process essentially from the beginning. Yeah. Um, and we knew that we'd probably be in the same spot long enough to, to finish the adoption process. Yeah. And for me, cause we did, do some reading and researching prior to, you know, this conversation just in some time when we had talked about it, I had never really considered the fact that we could have children in our home or a child in our home and it'd be time for us to move. And those children can't move across state lines with us. And so, especially if this is a child we've had, you know, for months on end, I can't, I just couldn't handle the idea of us becoming another layer of, unpredictability or yeah. or them ever feeling like we abandoned them mm-hmm. um because i do have a desire to do that at some point and create a safe haven because there is a, such a great need for it um but it just wasn't right for us and our family right now especially when we are in a season knowing that we could move nine months from now or we could move 18 months from now you know we just and then again in nine months or after 18 that, months after yeah that. and so it's just hard i wish the process wasn't quite so hard in some ways um but the, then, those everybody uh always like oh why is it so expensive why is the process so difficult and there's there's legitimate reasons for that um, yeah. a lot of them revolve around you know human trafficking and things like yeah. that and you need classes and, and yeah. you need education yeah and we were very Absolutely. thankful for the education and the process that it took. For so. 100, oh my gosh, 100%. So the wrong people don't get the the right children. Or yeah. the wrong people don't get any children. Yeah, I mean, there needs to be some hoops to jump through for sure. Hey friends, this is a little awkward. So coming to you in the middle of this and having to stop is just absolutely embarrassing. But somehow in the export process, I deleted half of this episode. 
but Justin generously decided to send me voice memos of the last several questions. And this question probably is the one that we get the most often. What were we most worried about going into adoption? And as you'll hear, we had very different concerns, both equal, but oddly enough, we both also had peace about what the other one was so worried about. And I think that's what made the process go so well for us, is that we really were balancing each other out. So please forgive the kind of shoddy audio from him because he's having to use his phone in the middle of the woods. But I know the content is worth it and that you need to hear it because it's so essential in seeing the transformation of our story. Open adoptions, I was... um I didn't really know what to think about of an open adoption uh, when it was first said, like when we first figured out that that was even an option. Um, one, I'd never heard of it before. And then two, I was very nervous um, about the fact that, you know, the birth mother would be in our child's life throughout their entire life. And I was concerned with, you know, I guess the birth mother being able to take back our adopted child if we had an open adoption but now I understand and I guess the biggest reason that we wanted the open adoption was because everything that I researched and everything that the um, professionals told us was that an open adoption uh, allows for a more stable mentally mentally stable child um, because they understand that you know their birth mother had to give them up for xyz reasons and that we um uh they still love them and that they still care about them and that's why they chose such a specific family like us mama jay had a specific set of standards that she wanted in a family that adopted the baby and we met those so that way baby z never has to worry about any of those questions she's she has that open line of communications and and is a little more mentally um, and emotionally prepared for those questions when she gets old enough to to ask them. So the relationship there makes for a more well-rounded, emotionally and mentally um, mental child um, and into adulthood. So um, those are the big things that I was nervous about. And um, once everything is legally finalized, you can't, there's no way to, to take away our child even for the birth mother um, because it is our child. Um, so you can't really reverse anything or um, unless obviously we're found to be unfit parents, but that's just like anyone, um, which I have no concerns about us being unfit parents. But uh, yeah, so that's really what changed my mind and what I was truly nervous about going into open, open adoptions. And I just want to make sure the relationship um, was going to be beneficial for our child and I guess for the mother um, you know not really going into a, a adoption relationship with a birth mother you you're not sure you know it's a total stranger so um, you don't know if that relationship at first is going to be beneficial but we have been extremely blessed with um, uh, mama Jay and, and who has been a blessing in our lives to help with um, anything we need with baby Z, like hair care or skin care, um, and has been there every step of the way. And we talked to regularly. Um, and we, before COVID had happened, we'd planned on seeing her and her um, baby Z sisters. Um, so 
we hope to continue the open adoption so that way she can be the hopefully a extremely high functioning adult um you know and that uh she goes on and does great things that like we know she would or she will um and uh sorry you have to edit this a lot because i can't get my train of thoughts straight uh, it's hard to switch back and forth from army to this but we were um very happy and excited to have this open adoption this opportunity and we're so thankful and blessed for the family um that we received through this adoption not just the baby um so we're grateful for mama jay we're grateful for uh all her family and the support that they've shown and this open uh, adoption and we we will continue this open adoption as long as the relationship is beneficial for Mama J and for Baby Z. So as you can hear what Justin was most concerned about, which he had every right to be, the way that adoption kind of has been sold and pitched to people makes it sound really easy and pretty and simple. Like you get the baby home from the hospital or from an orphanage and that part of their life you know that first family is just no longer existent like somehow they've just disappeared and gone about their lives and what we learned is that's simply not the truth and if I think anyone ever really spent a long time thinking about it it's never been the truth and what open adoption does is allow for room for relationship and clarity and trust and bond which helps navigate some of the trauma that just innately comes through the process of adoption. And so as we learn more about the education and reasoning behind why open adoptions not only are important but can be so beneficial for us, it became an easy an easy yes for us to say that we were open to an open adoption. So that was what Justin was most was worried about. But for me, it was something on the completely other end of the spectrum, not really having anything to do with the baby or relationship at all. It was the practical thing. It was the money. I worried as we got into the process that even though we had saved, that we hadn't saved enough. And I worried that at some point I would have to put my pride on the line and ask for money. Y'all know I'm a hustler. Y'all know that I love to work and I fully believe in exchanging time for money and resource and I just had a hard time asking or needing help in any capacity. And so to ask someone to donate money to us or to help us with adoption was really hard because it wasn't their baby. It wasn't going to be their responsibility. And so how can you ask for someone to give you something with really nothing in return. It was a lot for me to process. And so when we did the math and we had run the numbers, we knew that based on the timeline and Justin's deployment and my current trajectory with work, that we only needed about eight more months to save up the rest of the money um, in order to be just, you know, pay it free and clear, debt-free as we went. And it was incredibly hard I would even say that as we noticed the process escalating so quickly as exciting as joyful as it was I was also terrified 
and really having to step out in faith and trust that God was going to provide and that people would show up for us. And I'm sure there's some psychology behind that. And I'm sure if there's a counselor or a psychiatrist listening, there's something that has to do with my fear of people just not showing up for me in general that is attached to the fear of asking people for money and it not working out. But even up to when we got on the plane to go to the hospital to meet Mama Jay and to bring Zadie home, and we needed that last chunk of money on Sunday when the banks were closed, I genuinely wasn't sure if it was all going to work out. I, I couldn't imagine and figure out how it would. And it was difficult because as a control freak and as someone who likes to have their fingers on all the numbers and I like my plans and I'm type A in that kind of way and I want to make it happen for myself, I think this is where my faith had to step in. Whereas Justin was more concerned about the relationship maybe with an adoptive family would have with a birth family, that's where I knew God would show up and he'd work out the details, that he would provide space and grace and humility for relationship. But for whatever reason, the practicality of resource in money is where I needed more faith. And not just in God, but I guess in our people. And so when we did had to ask, it was incredibly humbling. And if I'm being real honest, I still have a a stack of cards on my desk of thank you notes that I have not sent because I've cried over them. And I have a hard time writing them, not now because of my pride, but because it literally transports me back to that space and that vulnerability. And sitting there in this last nine months has just been very hard as we've been experiencing vulnerability and tough times outside of it. And I'm not the kind of person that can just write thank you and drop it in the mail. Y'all, I was that person that with yearbooks, I didn't write just keep in touch on everyone's page. I tried to recall a memory and, you know, write something significant. And so writing these thank you notes and having to go back and acknowledge each person and each dollar that people so generously gave is so emotional and it truly put me back into that space of what it felt like where we were a year ago or almost a year ago right now so man that was my biggest worry and it was a big one which is so funny because I'm not the one in our relationship that typically worries so much about money because I know that money is a renewable resource and that if we need an extra hundred dollars for something I can go and make that happen but what I couldn't make happen was such a substantial amount of money in you know a three-hour period you know there's nothing that I could have sold or done in that time to make it happen and I think that's where God worked on me the most in this process to truly humbling and submitting myself to not just my pride, but also my need for control and plan and trusting him, which has been a blessing in itself to be able to grow in faith in that way too. So the last question for this episode and part of the podcast is when do we decide to tell our friends and family and why do we tell them at that stage in the game? So for us, we decided 
to wait until we had signed a contract, until we had put our money where our mouth is. And so that way that we knew for sure that we wanted to embark on this journey. So it was about a month between our conversation at the Mexican restaurant where Justin saw the little girl, um, all the way to when we posted the picture. And in that time, we had done the research, we had looked at different routes, talked to different agencies and consultancies, and we wanted to make sure the decision was right for us before we had told people. I remember there was people even on Justin's side of the family that didn't even know that we were considering adoption at any point. Um, And so they were completely caught off guard. But we wanted to make sure that we made the decision without the influence of other people. I just think that's so important when you're starting a family, whether that's through adoption or not, because it is our decision. It is our family. And the way that we choose to pursue that is the same, too. We didn't choose to go seek counsel, you know, from friends or kind of poll an audience because maybe they would have brought in worries or things that we hadn't considered that weren't necessarily applicable or would have maybe even delayed our start in the process. And what is the most mind-boggling to me about all of this is that Mama J was already pregnant and Zadie Ann was already in the way or on the way to this world when we started the process and if we had really taken the time to you know poll people or wait until we told everybody in person or whatever it was to continue on with the process then we may have missed her you know we may have not been obedient in the way that we were to just kind of put our head down and focus on what we felt like we were called to do in this time and so we did wait until everything was kind of already rolling until the process was going and we kind of related it to the fact that a lot of parents don't tell that they're pregnant as soon as they take the test you know they'll wait a couple weeks just so that they have the privacy and intimacy to process it on their own and also to make sure sadly enough that it sticks and as someone who had gone through who's gone through infertility and experienced that disappointment before and that devastation We needed that time for just us and for us to relish in the excitement of its own without the noise or the influence of others. But thankfully, our response was so well taken. People were incredibly supportive from day one and wanted to know how they could support us. And the kindest people from my Bible study sent us gifts, and we have a sweet little prayer bear in our room. I mean, it was incredible to see how people showed up for us from day one through right now. I mean, I could say until we brought Zeddy home, but it's it's still a supporting community, and we are so, so grateful for that. So that brings you all the way from why did we decide on adoption and when did that conversation up to what we were so concerned about going into the process and leaves you at us telling everyone that the journey had began. On the next episode, I'm going to dive into the details of what the process was actually like. The paperwork, the home study, the profile book. And make sure we kind of give a little insight into that. And we'll talk a little bit about numbers. As I mentioned in the intro, we won't dive all the way in because it is so different for other people. But if you've wondered what it's like to have to get the paperwork up or what kind of paperwork is it, 
Or what do they need to know about your financial situation? Do you need to own a house? Do you need to have a certain amount of money in the bank? Or maybe you're like, what in the world did you put in your profile book? I'll answer all of that in the next episode. So hopefully that will clear it up. But then the episode following that is our matching process. And you get to hear Justin and I talk about what it was like to be interviewed by Mama J. And then lastly, we walk you through what it was like to be at the hospital. To meet our sweet girl and have those intimate three days where it was just us as a family, including our new friend and Zadie's first mama, Mama J. So I hope you will come back and take a listen. Thank you so much for the patience and working through that awkward spot there in the middle. I hope that the sound quality um, isn't too bad as we had to voice memo things together. But thank you for joining us, supporting us on this process. We are incredibly grateful. If this has been helpful or informative to you, I just ask if you take a second to leave a review to comment and subscribe to the channel. It helps with our searchability and for other people to be able to find us. So thank you again. I hope you have a blessed day. 